Ah, there you are. And just in time. Dead men tell no tales. Ghosts are bad, but the one that's cursed is the headless horseman. He's the worst. Creepies and crawlies, toads in a pond. Let there be music from regions beyond. W. Your information station. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 246 for the week of October 30th, 2011. There's a chill in the air in Walt Disney World at this time of year, not because of the weather but because it's time for Halloween. And in the spirit of being not so scary, we're gonna look around the resort, in the parks, and closely at some attractions that have their creepy moments. So take your loved ones by the hand as we look at our top 10 spooky places in Walt Disney World. I'll then have a few announcements and play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. Welcome, foolish mortals, to the Haunted Mansion. I am your host, your ghost host. <laughs> Kindly step all the way in, please, and make room for everyone. There's no turning back now. Your cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding, almost as though you sense a disquieting metamorphosis. Is this haunted room actually stretching? Or is it your imagination? Hmm? Serpents, spiders, veil of a rat, Fall in the spirits wherever they're at. Tomorrow marks the annual occasion of my favorite holiday and one of my favorite times of year in Walt Disney World. And no, it's not the annual kickoff of the Epcot Food and Wine Festival, although that is a very close second. But while Christmas may be known as the most wonderful time of the year, there's something special and fun and dare I say, creepy, even about Halloween in Walt Disney World. And although Mickey may host his not-so-scary Halloween party on many nights leading up to Halloween, there are, in fact, many places in Walt Disney World that are downright spooky. And speaking of creepy old crypts, a man whose cadaverous pallor betrays an aura of foreboding and also practices his terror with some ghoulish delight, is Tim Flickering Candle Foster from Celebrations Magazine and Guide to the Magic and ScaringYoungChildren.com. Wow, that's the best intro you've given me so far. It's taken me weeks to come up with that. <laughs> I can tell. 
it rolled right off the tongue. I'm sure. I'm sure it did. So, but this is, um, you know, you are a guy. You Look, you are very familiar. With, I am a guy? You are a guy. From what I understand, okay. from doing all my research, you are a guy. And you are, in fact, familiar with many, if not all, of Walt Disney World's chicken exits. But we're not always. Very much so. At least I'm not going to be talking about attractions or shows or empty buffets, which really wouldn't be scary, but actually a sign of the coming apocalypse. But I think this sort of list of spooky places is right up your alley because you're afraid of everything to, you know, the carousel. And to that end, it probably is also hard for you to limit your list. I'm actually, I'm looking down my list and I'm kind of, I know I'll do it. I'm trying to figure out where it is I'm going to work in. It's a small world. I haven't figured it out yet, but. Uh, well, you look, you, sure, you know that this list is not meant to be a subjective one for you. This list is meant for the enjoyment and the entertainment and information of the listening public. Ah. Okay. So yeah, re redo your entire list. <laughs> but look, there is, um. There is no turning back now, so let's cool. enter that moldering sanctum and get right into our list, which I'm not even going to bother calling the top 10 spooky places in Walt Disney World. Let's just say it's our some of our favorite spooky places of, of Walt Disney World instead, and I'm sure because we don't go over our lists in advance, I'm sure we're going to have a lot of overlaps and duplicates, and you're going to have a bunch of go-with-me-heres. Do I... Let you give the, the your your first one. God, as always, I'm going to let you go first. Why? Well, I said this is your newest way of getting away with 42 entries by just saying we're not even going to call it the top 10 anymore. Well, it doesn't. It isn't it really just idea? in the interest of fairness? <laughs> why are we going to um, Why are we going to kid the listeners and say it's top 10? But I, I'm going to be close to 10. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, that's no. I'm not even going to be close. I've got at least seven on my list and five more honorable mentions. And watch how I work even more into the list itself. I can't. I can't wait. I was going to start. See, the first one that came to mind, I don't know if it really counts. Um, driving with Lou in the car around Walt Disney. <laughs> I don't think that counts. That is a spooky place. I can, I can tell you that. Moment, but it's the scariest thrill ride I've ever been on. But uh, I know there's some Obvious ones we'll probably both get through, so I'm holding them off a little bit. And uh, I'm going to start with one that's uh, it shouldn't be spooky. It's not meant to be spooky, but the Swiss Family Treehouse at night is downright creepy, especially when you're I the only that. one in there. Which, I love you sneaking up to the plate and throwing out Swiss Family yeah. Treehouse. It's, no creep. You can love spooky. That's the best part of this. But you tell me when it's when it's late at night and you know when, when people are walking by the Swiss Family Treehouse entrance and they're wondering if it's closed because nobody's there when in fact it is open and you go in and you know you, you're the first one that's been in there probably like for an hour and there's nobody there with you and you're all the way at the top and all you hear is the faint sounds of Adventureland and the thump 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 of your heart pounding in your chest that you squeeze that rail in sheer terror that actually you that thumping me, that's me chomping on a churro behind you in line uh, you're not supposed to bring food on the rides there so. but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, well the, the Swiss Family Treehouse it's one of those places um, one of the few places in the Magic Kingdom where you can really go off and be alone and 
add in a dash of nightness and some faint sounds. It can be it could be peaceful, it could be tranquil. But put yourself in the right mood. It could be kind of spooky if you're by yourself. So next time we go, you have to go with me. I like it, I, and I like it, and I like because it's all. I think Swiss Family Treehouse. You sort of alluded to it is very much overlooked at night. You don't think yeah. about going through the treehouse at night. Completely different That's experience. Beautiful. Like you, beautiful and scary. Yes. <laughs> Thank so you. I, I'm, uh, I'm surprised I was giving you the softball. I was going to let you take the oh. easy one and run with it. Um, because I have to ask. I have to assume that in some way, shape, or form, the Haunted Mansion has got to be on your list. The Haunted the haunted what? Oh, my God. I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. Now, actually, I was thinking we, we obviously – this whole thing could be about the haunted mansions. I was trying to probably what you're doing. I was trying to zero in on a particular moment in there that I found especially creepy. So I'm curious to hear. I, I'm sure you didn't take that spin at all. You're probably going to walk through the whole place and leave me hanging. In the drive. Okay. <laughs> no, I, I do have a sort of very specific idea in mind when I thought about the haunted mansion. And again, I almost tried to stay outside of the attractions for the most part. And for the Haunted Mansion, the first thing that came to mind was Haunted Mansion exterior at night. The lighting, the sounds of the howling dog, the the flicker of the lantern, if you watch closely, that passes by the window. Uh, If you walk through the queue and you start winding your way through, turn around and look behind you. Notice that you can't see that sort of colonial town behind you. You feel as though you are very far away from the rest of the town. The black wreath on the door, the coffin-shaped columns. When you get a really good cast member in character, uh, there is nothing like there's something very spooky, especially even by the exit as you're approaching the the pet cemetery and and the hearse is out there. There is something very, very spooky uh, about that haunted mansion. Even just how the mansion itself sits up on the hill, that that gothic style and the way it almost envelops you when you're in that queue, it sort of wraps its arms around you in there. I think the haunted mansion outside at night, exceptionally scary. It's got a cold running chill up my spine. I'm going to do you, I'm going to do you one better. How about this? I'm going to one up you. I, I love what you said. Now you mentioned this earlier. Mickey's not so scary Halloween party is for the most part part not so scary, like like the name says. But the haunted mansion's exterior on party night is to me beyond uh, beyond anything you can imagine. And I agree with you. Any other night, the haunted mansion's creepy enough. But on party night, when the fog's rolling in and the black lights are up. Uh, it's amazing. I think the creepiest part is uh, the part you see on the way out. And again, most people walk by it, and I wish they would stick around. I was, I was with my parents not too long ago, and I drag them back and look at it. That is the pet cemetery, which is lit up with an eerie black light with fog cascading down off the hill. Um, truly, truly spooky. And I think you're right. I think it's the I think it's the <laughs> lighting outside that really makes it. Uh, very, very sort of foreboding. Even when you see it from a distance, or even better yet, go look at the look at it as you're on uh, the riverboat or across the rivers of America. Look at uh, across from there; it really has a, a spooky look to it. Now, I will say, in, 
outside the inside the attraction itself. I think the spookiest moment is when you're standing in the stretching room and you realize the butler is right behind you, staring daggers at you and not saying anything. <laughs> or in the stretching room. Stay in the stretching room. I always tell people try when you when you go into the stretching room, try and stand as far away from the doors that lead into the corridor to the attraction itself as you can. And as much as the cast member will, will allow you, linger in the stretching room and listen for the sound of the bat flying in sort of this um, three-dimensional sound and the voice. Have you heard the voice? It's awesome. It's scary. It is, it is very scary. It, it's actually very, very scary if you stay I'm there. I'm not sure what's... <laughs> yeah. I'm not sure what's scary, the voice or the cast member glaring at you to get out of the room so they can look at <laughs> you know, it's cool. what's also cool about the Haunted Mansion, and it's kind of a, a spooky moment that you have, is when you, no matter how many times you've been in it, when you notice something else, when, you, when your eyes are adjusted and you're looking around and you, and you notice what the sconces are made of, and you realize what the, the poles are holding the ropes, and, and what, you know, you see the details, you see the hands holding things, you see the gargoyles holding things, things you didn't notice, eyes where you didn't realize their eyes before. That sort of thing. So, and every time you, you notice one of those new things, it's a little chill. Well, yeah, right. The, the details that like add to the creepiness, and obviously there's creepy and spooky places throughout the attraction itself, but there is something too exceptionally creepy about probably our favorite scene at the very end and little Leota is beckoning you to hurry back just the face the sort of the way her dress is sort of uh, moving in the wind and her voice there's something spooky about her voice if you decide to join us I find it Quite <laughs> Make final arrangements. I'll now. be dreaming. All right, before you start going down a road I don't want to we, hear, why don't yeah, you move on to your next one? to have you. That's <laughs> your, I, I doubled up on you, so it's your, your turn. Is it, oh, is it my turn? Okay. So yeah, I, just, I just followed your Haunted Mansion parade and went right down with it. Which means you have nothing else. Okay, so uh, yep. in, in no particular cool. order... Um, other than than one I think might not be on people's radar when you think about spooky places in Walt Disney World, possibly because people don't always go there, and especially the time of when you go as well. But if you've ever taken the raft over to Tom Sawyer Island, you might say, well, there's nothing really spooky going on there unless you walk through Injun Joe's caves. They are eerily dark. They are very dark. They are long in in length and it's very very hard to see the exit because they wind through and then you get to certain areas and you hear some of the spooky sounds in the back and those lighted crystals uh there is something kind of scary about that not just because of the you know that, that sort of sense of disorientation but you almost sort of get the heebie-jeebies because you can't find the way out because it's not a very short narrow cave and you see the exit on the opposite side and you know, for some people, it's scary because there's a height limit. Although for, for me, there is no height limit, but there should be because you can kind of bonk your head in there. But yeah. um, there is something, I think, spooky uh, about those, especially later in the day, just as it starts to approach dusk or if it's an overcast and windy kind of a day. and Spooky. Spooky Injun Joe's Caves. Spooky Injun Joe. I think you, I think you hit one. I wasn't even thinking of that. And that's an, that's, that's an excellent one. 
Um, I think that wins the award as the most claustrophobic space in all of Walt Disney World, too. That, yeah. That's what creeps me out the most in there. I feel like, if I go any further, I'm going to get stuck in here. You know? Well, that's the thing. You start bumping into the people in front of you or people behind you start bumping into you, you know, kind of pushing oh, yeah. you to move forward, and then you can't because you don't know which way you're supposed to go because it does dead end in a lot of little spots. So if you are claustrophobic, you can definitely feel more than spooked out. Yeah. That, that's why I bring a little flashlight. <laughs> <laughs> Which will also help let you help you find the paintbrushes. It'll help you find the paintbrushes. Too. Oh, yeah. yeah. There you go. All right. Uh, well, for my next one, I'm going to switch parks on us. And um, I'm going to head over to the studios. This is one I hadn't thought of right away. But as soon as I thought about it, why didn't I think of this before? Um, it's your favorite attraction, I know. The great movie ride. And you get a double dose of creepy in there with um, uh, the alien scene, which is probably my favorite scene in the whole. I love that movie. So it's probably my favorite scene in the whole attraction. Um, what's especially fun is watching the people who've never been in it before watching an expression on their face when they realize that that's not a pipe in the wall. And uh, But... I think that's trumped with the uh, the horror movie scene with the, the skeletons coming out of the wall and the and the crypts and the and the spider webs and I think for every for every spider web and creepy thing you see in the haunted mansion, the what that scene in the great movie ride just multiplies it by ten. Now it's a short scene, so you don't have to deal with it for as long as you do with the haunted mansion, but it is it is it is very creepy. I can't imagine what a whole full attraction would be like done that way it probably scare me half to death and I'd never go on it again but in that short dose I can take it and that and that does rank up there <laughs> and you can look away you can look at the cast member for a little bit of comfort but you're right especially for little kids I think it's almost unexpected because you've got these you know creepy skeletons with snakes coming out of them and although it is a very very brief scene and not one that sort of um, has your attention always directed right to it it is sort of scary in that little vignette itself. Well, especially with what came before, because what came before was rather you know, innocent and innocuous and, and pleasant, and all of a sudden, big shots are not expecting it. So that's a see, good time to get your neighbor and give them a good ah! when you're when they're not expecting it. See, you said great movie ride. I'm like, okay, this is Tim Foster. He's going to talk about Munchkins. Possibly, he'll talk uh, about oh, Alien I, Scene. Because I, I know we little people, we scare you. You're very free. Us and clowns, are you get freaked out. You're ready for the zombie apocalypse, but clowns and munchkins, it, it scares you to death. Are you going to be a clown for Halloween? I'm, I also am scared of clowns. I, I but I will tell you, I have, I have the best Halloween costume. That somebody actually sent, they made for me and sent to me on their own. And you'll have to stay tuned to find out what it is. The Come best self deprecating uh -huh. costume ever. So there you go. <laughs> oh, this is going to be good. Yeah. All right. So I'll go. Um, I'm going to go somewhat out of order. I'm out of order. You're out of order. This whole. All right. Sorry. <laughs> and Justice for All. It, and Justice for All with Al Pacino helped steer me into the path of becoming a lawyer. And now I talk about Disney World. Anyway, I am going to stay over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And I'm going to go to probably 
when you say the studios is the obvious choice, but maybe not where you think. Because when I say the Twilight Zone Tower of Terror, I'm not going to say it's the lobby, which is in and of itself creepy and that it's abandoned. And it looks as though people were there just, you know, years ago and just up and left and literally just disappeared. Whether it's the teacups or the luggage or the mahjong table or the table with the broken glasses. I'm not even going to say it's the attraction itself or those creepy, ghostly images on the fifth floor. Instead, I'm going back outside because I think the queue, specifically the extended queue with the lush foliage and the flower beds and the broken fountain area, even in the daytime, is incredibly detailed and, and, and very, very foreboding and it's sort of misty and foggy. But when you go at night... It's even, it's amplified a hundred times over. And I think really the cue for Tower of Terror begins as you start walking down Sunset Boulevard. Because as you see the tower in the distance and you can't see the cue sort of behind those rock walls, all you see is sort of that lush greenery. It gives you a sense of not knowing of what's behind it. And as you start to walk through and you almost expect to be at this, you know, front entrance of the tower pretty quickly, on the more busy days as you get to wind through, uh, you do get a sense that you're almost lost. You get a, a very shining kind of feel from the uh, from the Jack Nicholson film, uh, from the Stephen King book, as you're walking through. And I think it is probably one of the most, one of the best themed cues. Not that it contains so many details and stories, but that section as you're walking through really gives you a sense of setting the tone for the attraction you're about to go in. What is this Tower of Terror you speak of? <laughs> I have no idea. You make me cry, Tim Foster. <laughs> is that building where everyone's screaming for no real reason? No, no, just... that's that's King Arthur's regal. King, ah. regal sorry, with <laughs> regal. Or is it not the, I'm sorry, it's, it's Prince Charming regal. I still can't get the name right. It's Cinderella's Golden Carousel. There you go. That's chicken exit in all of Walt Disney. Right? <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's go back to the Magic Kingdom. Love it. Here's another. This is what I want to tell you. Um, I, I've often told tales of my wife getting, uh, what's the right answer? You know, getting splashed on, it's a small world and pirates. And everyone's going, who? Well, to her, then another kind of quizzical evaluation on her book. Scariest ride in all of Walt Disney World, Snow White. I'm with you. I'm with yeah. you. Snow White she, was on my list. I bumped it to the honorable mention list. Ah, there you go. Yeah, she <laughs> refuses to go on it to this day because it's uh, it's rather creepy. And I can't blame her. It, it's full of sinister, dark, creepy moments from uh, right away from uh, the queen turning around to to uh, so, so the evil witch is facing you and, and the, the flashing lights going on and off and eyes appearing out of nowhere and tree trunks turning into alligators. and um, It is very scary. It's, it's probably one of the most appropriately named attractions in Walt Disney World, Snow White's Scary Adventures. They're not kidding. Um, but I think in the, in the same vein, you take all the dark rides in Fantasyland and to some degree they all have a degree of creepiness about them snow white for obvious reasons but there's something creepy 
more demented, I guess, about the Heffalump and Woozle scene <laughs> in Winnie the Pooh. I'm not sure if it's creepy, but you, you, you probably spending some time with the, the mind that, that conjured all of that up would be kind of a scary situation. Um, but even Peter Pan, not so much, but as you know, as they're named Dark Rides, they're you know they're in the they're in the dark. Quick turns, quick surprises, and um, they all have an element of a little bit of scariness to them. But hands down, the winner, Snow White. And I guess you can throw in your honorable mention for Mr. Toad, which I'm sure you'll bring up at some point. But I'll, that's, that's your that's your boy. So I'll talk about that. <laughs> I wasn't, you know, I had Tone on the honorable mention list, and then I'm like, well, I can't put it on there because it's extinct now. But as long as you mentioned it, it would have been on the list had it still been here. But I'm actually with you on Snow White, not just because your wife and my six-year-old son will be sitting outside weeping if they <laughs> if they wrote it. But I think you're right, and I think, you know, going back to sort of the history of the attraction and the changes where originally you were sort of in that first-person perspective of being Snow White and, and people didn't understand the storytelling element there. But the... <laughs> it being necessary to change the name to Snow White's Scary Adventures from Snow White's Adventures because it was, in fact, scary. And look, I tormented my child and, uh, you know, I creeped him out at the age of three because when that old hag witch turned around, that threw him for a loop. You know, and if he goes postal 20 years from now, he can blame me for taking my ride at such a tender young age. But, but it can be scary for young children or members of the foster clan. Yeah, now I don't, you know, I, I will say you, you, you have this, I don't know where you get this idea from that they're like scaring little children. I don't know why. Because I've, hung, I've known you for how many years? Too many? Uh, but I will, you know, I will say in the shameless plug, Doctor the Magic for Kids book, there's three ratings I have, you know, it's green for no problem at all, yellow for sort of creepy and red for really scary and unlike most of the rides in Fantasyland, Snow White uh, was awarded the coveted yellow circle because you gotta watch <laughs> out for this I, I didn't give it red, I saved red for Small World Is yellow but, really coveted? Is that what it is? It's, it's like the, the green ones are wishing they were yellow? Green, like, oh, green, green wishes they had a little more Boom. and the red knows they're leaving a bunch of people behind. I think everyone Everyone that got red is the one that I never went on. So they all got red just by default. So, it, But that's that middle ground that gets everybody, but it scares you too. It's like the PG-13 of Walt Disney World Attraction. It's like the turkey leg of Walt Disney World. It's big and scary, but deep down you want to you eat the whole thing. So that, that, you, Not what I was thinking. Sure. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to stay in. Um, I'm going to stay in the Magic Kingdom, and I'm actually going to walk over to Adventureland, which I think, in and of itself, can be kind of spooky in a in a in a way at night with the tiki torches and just being very lush and overgrown. But in a sort of Tim Foster yellow circle kind of way, <laughs> as you walk through the queue, the right hand side queue of Pirates of the Caribbean. And you looked at... Did I steal it? I'm sorry, brother. No, I'm going to pounce on it. That's right. You look down into the dungeon, into the jail where the skeletons are playing chess. And you walk a little bit farther down as you as you reach the landing. 
listen carefully and you hear the sound of digging in the back of the cave and you look up and we'll look back at this abandoned fortress and you hear this this kind of disembodied voice telling you that that dead men tell no tales and then one of my favorite scenes in all of Walt Disney World which sits by itself and is is very high on the spooky list is that lone skeleton at the helm of the ghost ship blowing in the wind and the, the rain behind it and the thunderstorm that right there singular spooky moment I, you know what happened to me? Uh, last time I was on there, that moment, right there, got even creepier. How could they make it creepier, you asked me? Go ahead, ask me. <laughs> I'm afraid to ask you how that moment could be creepier. You know how they, it's creepier? Because they're watching you. That's why. Because the guy in front of me, or two rows in front of me, casually had his arm out of the boat, and we're right in front of the uh, skeleton manning the helm in the storm. That's not creepy enough. And we don't think anyone's around. All of a sudden, boat stops. Please keep your hands in the boat. And everyone's looking around like, who saw it? And it just freaked everybody out. And then Why do you need down. to project your guilt onto the poor guy in front of you? I didn't do it. I know not to put my hand out and my legs and limbs and head and other things. Hands, but, arms, feet, and legs? Um, hands, arms. Yeah, that's about all of them. Yeah. <laughs> Mr. But Foster, no, please keep your, please keep your head out of the really water. Creepy. <laughs> for some reason, it was really creepy, though, that somebody was... Because you know they see, you know, when you get off. And I've many times I've been through there and somebody starts flashing and they'll, you know, they'll, they'll voice over and they'll flash pictures. But, but right in front of the drop in the dark when someone... You, oh, that's creepy. That, well, I, a I, much I, more I, personal I, level... The, the really creepy part for me on a, on a subjective level is just how similar Carlos the mayor's wife sounds to my ex-girlfriend's mother. But that's a no, whole other story. Yeah, yeah. And again, no, no, nobody no, no, else, no. it doesn't relate to anybody else other than me. <laughs> Come over, Louise. We're having chicken. Anyway. Let's... <laughs> Don't be chicken. Um, are, so are you counting that as your next one or do you have another of your own? Well, that's five, but eh, since we're not counting, I'll count that as one of mine. I'm sure you have twenty more to go. I have a couple, but I actually have uh-oh. I actually have one, but it's a big one, and it's a it's a big uh, one because I have, I have one, but it's to go with me here. Okay, but this is one where it's it's less about us. It's multiple spooky places that are all tied to a, a single thing. More importantly. A single person or a single story. And if you've never been to Mickey's Not-So-Scary Halloween Party, you need to go at least once. It's uh, the trick-or-treating, the haunted mansion, the entertainment, the fireworks, the candy. But more importantly, the parade is probably my favorite parade. The haunted mansion gravediggers are outstanding what they do and their sort of choreographed moves with their shovels are incredible but the headless horseman that comes riding through from frontier land to liberty square and down main street galloping away with the music and the narration is worth the price of admission right there
tale to tell I hope you'll follow Of a legend born in Sleepy Hollow A headless horseman rode through the night On a great black steed with a pumpkin bright It's said he's tired of his flaming top So he's looking for a head to swap Beware, he may soon be in sight The headless horseman rides tonight And so my spooky moment revolves around the Headless Horseman, more importantly, the legend of Sleepy Hollow. Because while I think that spooky moment of him riding down, especially for those people that don't know he's coming, that's what I love seeing. Because you don't expect it. You expect this sort of fanciful little not-so-scary parade. But when he's galloping down there, sort of full bore, holding that lighted pumpkin in his hand, it is a very, very spooky moment. But that's not the only spookiness in Walt Disney World that's tied to the Headless Horseman. Because the one thing I would love for people to experience also at least once that has to do with this Headless Horseman story. and there's many food sur- coming, isn't there? No, there's not food coming. But if you go over to Fort Wilderness, to the blacksmith's shop, there you can roam the woods on a 25-minute haunted carriage ride while hearing and sometimes seeing the legend of Sleepy Hollow. It takes place from about 7.30 to 10.30 at night uh, from October 1st till about November 1st. It's $60 per carriage. It uh, it can accommodate uh, about four adults or two adults and probably three kids, ages nine or under. Uh, It leaves from the blacksmith shop uh, but as you're going through, it's very dark and not not in a scary kind of, um, you know, nightmare on Elm Street, you know, wrong turn movie kind of way. But as you're going through the sleepy hollow village limits and you're hearing the story and there are some surprises along the way, it is a great telling and a great way to sort of really get into that Halloween spirit. Um, and there are some spooky, not incredibly scary, but spooky enough moments along the way. And I just love the whole Headless Horseman story and, and the adventures of Ichabod, Mr. Toad film. Um, there's actually, there's, believe it or not, a lot more history of the um, that sort of whole Headless Horseman and Sleepy Hollow thing. So obviously there's Sleepy Hollow refreshments. So Tim Foster, there you go. There's your food That's reference. That's where I thought you were guessing. I was not. And, and so if you pay close attention as you walk into Liberty Square from Main Street, although you really should follow the story and go from Frontierland, but if you walk, I'm sorry, from uh, Fantasyland, but if you walk from the bridge from Main Street on the left-hand side, you'll see the old Christmas shop. And the first of the three stores that make it up is the music and voice lesson shop by Ichabod Crane. If you look across the way, you see... Sleepy Hollow Refreshments and the, the, the Hudless Horseman on the sign for Sleepy Hollow Refreshments. Obviously, Ichabod Crane, Legend of Sleepy Hollow. Even more so, the building that houses Sleepy Hollow Refreshments is modeled after almost exactly that sort of stepped roof line, Washington Irving's home in upstate New York in the Hudson River Valley. Here's a Tim Foster go with me. You still with me? Yeah, I'm hanging on. <laughs> no, this, this is, I got to tell you, this is fantastic. All right, so listen. So Ichabod Crane, Sleepy yeah. Hollow Refreshments, Washington Irving, his yeah. home and that story of Sleepy Hollow is set in the Hudson River Valley. 
which yeah. also is the setting for the haunted mansion. Get out. You get out. Because, wow. and if you go way back, Ken Anderson, uh, imaginary Ken Anderson, who now finally has his tribute in, uh, in the new Haunted Mansion queue, his original concept, remember the Haunted Mansion had sort of warring factions. One wanted to be scary, one wanted to be funny, it was going to be a walkthrough, a wax museum. Well, his concept had an appearance by the Headless Horseman at the end. That was going to be a big sort of element, sort of the big payoff at the end of Ken Anderson's concept for the Haunted Mansion. Even more so, Tim Foster, continue, continue to go with me here. I'm, I'm hanging on. In Fantasyland, of all places, instead of attractions like Peter Pan and Snow White and the oh-so-spooky Mr. Toad where you get hit by a train and go to Hades, there was actually plans for other attractions. There was going to be a Cinderella attraction tying into the castle, a Mary Poppins attraction, and the Legend of Sleepy Hollow. No. That, yes. Wow. Uh, Disney didn't want to sort of redo what they did over in Disneyland, so they wanted to come in with new attractions. Then, thinking they could maybe save money because of budget, they said, let's just put in attractions that we had originally done in Disneyland, although they changed those attractions a lot, even giving Toad two tracks instead of one, so it ended up costing more anyway. But yeah, there actually could have been a Headless Horseman in the Haunted Mansion and a Legend of Sleepy Hollow attraction in Fantasyland. Wow. I won't even get into the similarities between Brom Bones and Gaston from Beauty and the Beast. I will move on. Wow. You see, how can we follow that? That's like, <laughs> like kind of creepy moments. If you throw out It's a Small World, I'm telling you, I'm just going to hang up on you. But when, but when the dolls start looking at you, the <laughs> lifeless eyes and the head, Ooh, la, la. slowly. <laughs> are, they start, are they calling your name? Uh, they talk to me, yeah. Sometimes. Tim Foster, man, you got to lay off the funnel cake. <laughs> you got to lay off the funnel cake. But you need to go on the Haunted Hayride and really sort of get that sense, that whole legend of Sleepy Hollow sense that exists currently and could have existed in Liberty Square, Fantasyland, and over at Fort Wilderness. Yeah, I don't think we can follow it. I will tell you, the um, I, I, as I mentioned, I was just with there with my parents to come to their first not-so-scary Halloween party. And veterans of parades that they are, they did concur that the... Uh, not so scary Halloween parade is their favorite. They thought it was the best parade they'd ever seen. So, so yeah, definitely. If you have a chance, you, you gotta see it. Just keep your feet back underneath the ropes, just in case. Well, so do you have any honorable mentions that that almost you made know, the cut? They, they pale in comparison to what you just trotted out there. I can't, I can't roll these out. <laughs> well, let's just let's just throw out a couple of quick honorable mentions for some potentially spooky but not so scary moments. In Walt Disney World. <clears throat> Excuse me. These specifically, the ones I thought of, were ones on attractions. So one that really I, I sort of put back and forth on the list was actually in the Jungle Cruise. And again, it, it's you need to ride it at a certain time and it's in a certain place on the attraction. But in the temple at night. So as you approach the temple, it's very dark. But as you go through the temple, pay close attention because in there... It's very, very dark because it's winding, and especially at night, you can't see the exit as you're going through. 
the music is eerie, and also there's no narration. The, the cast member does not narrate as you go through the temple. So I think that, too, adds a little bit of spookiness to it. You've, I, never, you've never even been on it. You don't even know what the Jungle Cruise is, do you? Um, that's one that goes upside down? Yeah, and through the rings of fire. Uh, okay. Now, I agree. I wholeheartedly agree with the Jungle Cruise. I know we've mentioned the Jungle Cruise every time we've talked about, you know, where to go when it's dark, where to go when it's raining. Um, but but it wins. Even the, aside from the temple, I think even when you come out of the temple and you're, you know, you're still in the back in the jungle and you know, yeah, it's creepy. Like <laughs> one of the things I thought of, um, and I, I've mentioned this before on another list, and it's funny because I mentioned it in kind of the opposite sort of list that we had done. I forget exactly what it was, but um, one of the things I I recommend a lot of people to do is to wander around World Showcase after Illuminations is over, instead of rushing to get out of the park. Um, on one hand, I find that to be very tranquil, very relaxing, and very magical. You can wander through the pavilions, um, not the interiors when the attractions are closed, but you can wander through the the gardens in Japan and around the lily pond, China, and so forth. But I will say, having done it a few times, if you wait long enough and enough people have left, and it's dark. It is kind of creepy back there when you're by yourself. So I, I did have that one on my list, which is funny because I've had it on the opposite list of enchanting things to do at night. You know, but um, if you're by yourself and sit there, now Gary, the headless horseman isn't racing through Japan <laughs> trying to get me. So I felt kind of I can't really bring this one up now. But I had that. That's one of my go with me here people. Was you know if you're hanging around. All right, so I'll, I'll ask you, then I'll ask you about a couple of the ones on the honorable mention. What about Splash Mountain? You think, okay, it's a yeah. happy, laughing place. But what about the vultures? When you're sort of going up and sort of the vultures are, are hanging over you there, a little spooky. Yeah, and it, yeah, I have had that one on the list too. And again, it, not, a lot of this ties into at night, but when you go to ascend the, the hill, the vultures are there, and you can't see the end because it's dark outside. But that's, that's, that's pretty creepy. It's all about the dark. On the Maelstrom in Epcot Center, the three-headed trolls sending you back, back over the falls. Again, six-year-old son won't ride it because of three-headed <laughs> trolls. Yeah, I can see that one. I kind of think the trolls are adorable. And potentially, if you are freaked out by creepy, crawly critters, it's tough to be a bug could totally freak you out because if it, it can be a little spooky with all the bugs yeah. and especially if you're wearing shorts and have your feet on the ground. <laughs> you screamed like a... All right, but anyway. But uh, how about the vampire bat room? Oh. In the Maharishi jungle track. People, yeah. I, I do see a lot of people kind of... Not not lingering over as best as they can. That does get people out sometimes. But, uh, I was uh, also thinking of uh, talking about Splash Mountain right next door at Big Thunder Mountain at night which we've also talked about as something you have to ride at night. Um, even if you're ridden in the daytime, it's a totally new experience. But um, there are parts of the ride where 
you know, it's not like you're going way out there, but you do get this sense that you, you are out in the wilderness kind of by yourself at some stretches in that ride at night. Um, so it gets, you know, aside from the screaming, especially when you're riding with me, um, uh, but the crowd noises kind of die down and you're, you're kind of out by yourself. And, I mean, it's kind of, especially when you're going in and out of the caves and it's dark and you can't see the light at the end of the tunnel, so to speak. So I had that on my list as well. Anything else? I had, uh, well, you know, you brought up Mr. Toad. I don't know why. <laughs> the ride's not there anymore. I don't know why it's keep bringing up Mr. Toad. It's gone, but Mr. Toad isn't there anymore, but you brought it up anyway. Um, so I threw Alien Encounter on my list. One of my most missed attractions and certainly one of the creepiest attractions that ever was at Walt Disney World. How can you miss an attraction that you were too scared to, to enjoy? I was... That one I could handle. I, you know what? I do... Despite what you may think, I am not scared of every attraction at Walt Disney World. Just the ones in Fantasyland. Just the ones that move. <laughs> not moving them okay. In Alien County, you didn't move. You just had to walk through and... Now, I tell you, the first time I went on, I, I had no idea what to expect, and it was rather terrifying. But, but it was very I, spooky. I know to you right now, Stitches up there is one of the creepiest moments of all in Walt Disney World. For, oh, right. I, I, I kid. I kid. Come on, it's charming. It's adorable. It smells good. But but I think, too, going back to sort of that, that whole alien en- encounter, what made that attraction spooky was not necessarily always the breath of the alien behind you or the dark, but even in stitch sort of having those restraints on you, mm-hmm. um, there's a big difference between the burping chili dog and the breathing. And, the, but there is something that makes that a little bit spooky. And that's why the ironic thing is that stitch is very much loved by my children, but because there's a height requirement, children can't enjoy it necessarily because of yeah. the restraints that have to come down. Here's my tip for you. Bring back, bring back flight to the moon. There you go. Oh, jeez. Mission to if you had wings. <laughs> if you had wings, is one of your creepiest moments. In- you can, well, <laughs> well yeah. there actually were some creepy moments in there. Looking back at that early '70s footage, but I digress. <laughs> uh, well, that that pretty much wipes out mine. Except That's for all the options I'm forgetting. Well, and that's my list too, but again, Tim, we know that there are people pulled over to the side of the road because we encourage safe driving here at WDW Radio, screaming at their their uh, <laughs> car radios, they're slamming their hands down at their desks at work, they are ignoring their children because they're yelling at their iPod saying, my God, man, how could you possibly have forgotten the most obvious one on your list? So, that is why I invite and encourage and welcome and really beg for you to come to the website over at wdwradio.com click on this week's show on the homepage or under the podcast link and leave your comments there as to what you think is the spookiest moment the spookiest place the spookiest whatever it might be in Walt Disney World again there's a big difference between spooky and scary we're looking for spooky. Well, is it an attraction? Is it a show? Is it a place? Is it a time? Whatever it might be, feel free to think out of the box. Uh, we find it delightfully unlivable here over at www.radio.com and over at Tim Foster's homes at celebrationspress.com. 
and guide to the magic.com where every room of course had wall-to-wall running creeps <laughs> thanks <laughs> so this is fun we have many more top 10 pluses coming soon and uh, again to find out other ways to scare your children please visit his website and check out his guide to the magic for kids over at guide to the and of course we got good not so creepy stuff coming in celebrations press including our holiday issue which we are super excited about that is the most wonderful time of year and we will talk about that some more in the coming weeks and months Tim Foster my friend I always enjoy you joining our jamboree you're supposed to wow. say there's a simple rule that's compulsory. You didn't, you've never even been to the mansion. The what? I have no idea what you're talking about. I'm done. I'm done. Good night, Tim Foster. Good night. <laughs> that was the worst Madame Leota ever. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's all the time we have for this week's show. Thank you so much for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Don't forget to come by the website at wdwradio.com. Leave your comments on show 246. While you're there, explore the site, the blogs, discussion forums, and lots more. If you want to be part of the show, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com with any questions that you have, or you can call the voicemail line at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Also be sure and join us every Wednesday night at 7.30 p.m. Eastern for our live weekly video broadcast and chat over at www.newscast.com. There you can be part of the discussion, talk about and ask and answer questions about this week's Walt Disney World news. And again, if you can't make it live, you can check us out at youtube.com slash Radio on the WW Radio blog or I'll also post the audio in iTunes. But please try and come by again every Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Come early, stay late. It's a lot of fun. We'd love to see you there in the chat. And again, you can also be part of the community by coming to the newscast and meeting other Disney fans on our discussion forums on the site or in person at our Meets of the Month in Walt Disney World. Visit DisneyMeets.com for more information there. Please come by, follow me on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangiello or join the WW Radio Facebook page at Facebook.com slash Radio. Big thanks to my partners and sponsors, including Mouse Fan Travel. They're my recommended travel provider, whether you're going to Disney World, Disneyland, Adventures by Disney, or coming with us next year on our WW Radio cruise aboard the Disney Dream, November 4th through the 8th, 2012. You can visit Becky and her team, get a free no-obligation quote, and of course, their fee-free great services as well over at mousefantravel.com. When you're coming to Walt Disney World, maybe you're bringing the extended family, maybe some groups of friends or another family with you, check out All-Star Vacation Homes. We had a seven-bedroom house that we used during our 40-hour show. They have everything from two-bedroom condos up to nine-bedroom homes with private pools, spas, kitchens, game rooms, multiple master bedrooms, lots more. But if you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World, one of my favorite places to stay is the Walt Disney World Swan and Dolphin. They've got 17 world-class restaurants like Bluzu, Il Molino, and Shula's. They've got the Mandara Spa, lounges, great guest rooms, themed pool, 
all just steps away from Disney's Boardwalk, Epcot, and Hollywood Studios. You can visit them over at swananddolphin.com. I mentioned on the last few shows, don't forget that you, if you are interested in, if you're planning on participating in any of the upcoming Walt Disney World endurance events, the Walt Disney World Marathon, Half Marathon, or Princess Marathon, please come by, be a part of the WDW Radio running team. Visit wdwradio.com slash running. Whether you're a walker, a runner, a wogger, or just want to come and help cheer and raise money for the Make-A-Wish Foundation through our Dream Team project, we're going to be ordering shirts again soon. Again, anyone and everyone is welcome to join and be a part of the team. Again, visit wdwradio.com slash running. And as always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share the link on Facebook or Google Plus or in your favorite discussion forum. And please come by, rate and review the show and the WDW Radio iPhone apps over in iTunes as well. And most importantly, please remember that life is short. So go live your dream. Take that leap of faith today and start pursuing your passion. And always keep moving forward. Have a great, great week, everybody. Thanks so much again for tuning in. So until next time... See ya. Hi, Lou. Hey, Lou. This is Lauren and Mike, and we're from uh, Franklin Park, New Jersey, and we're just calling because we are visiting Disneyland. Now, I know it's not Disney World, but we've never been here, and we're on a belated honeymoon. We're having a great time. We've actually been following the touring plans, and they've been working out really, really well. Um, wait times are really up to date, and we're having an excellent time. And we just wanted to share that with you. And uh, every time we miss something, we'll say, that's okay, because we're going to Disney World next year. So we'll catch it in Disney. But uh, hope everything's going well. Thanks for everything you do. And we'll hope to see you soon. Bye. Hi, Lou. My name is Mike Richland. I'm from Wisconsin. I'm an illustrator and artist. And I listen to your show on a regular basis. I love your show. The last thing you did with uh, Jim Corcus was excellent about the Carousel of Progress and um, the Norway show and and the Wilderness Lodge shows and the Horizon show was excellent. I've been listening to the show for about three years now. Um, something that's kind of interesting is I've been voting for you on the podcastawards.com and another uh, uh, radio show in a different category from Orlando whose name I won't mention. But uh, anyway, Lou, uh, you, have, you have an excellent show. I love it. And keep up the great work, and we'd all like to say... Happy Halloween, Lou. All right, keep up the good work, Lou. Bye. You've got a-